I'm Michelle, certified personal trainer and certified nutrition coach. And I'm Marissa, and I'm a certified nutrition coach and group fitness instructor. And this is the Strong and Simple Podcast. We're tackling the latest fads, trends, and hot topics in the nutrition, wellness, and fitness industries using science and conversation to bust myths and give you the information you need to navigate the bullshit. Tune in for your twice a week truth bombs every Tuesday and Friday. Hey, hey, welcome back. Strong and Simple Podcast. Hello. (laughs) If you're watching the YouTube, you know we're boogieing down here to the music in our head. Yes. (laughs) Scary place in there. (laughs) It's a fun place. Yeah, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, So how you doing, Marissa? I'm I'm great. I'm like literally just realizing like my eyeliner from today is now like two thirds of the way down my face. Oh. I have I have not been crying. <laughs> <laughs> I've just been rubbing my eyes all day. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, I get but it. I'm great. How are you? Uh, I'm I'm all right. Yeah. I'm have you had right. dinner yet tonight? I did actually have dinner. What did you have? I had um, a lovely salad, Ooh. of course, romaine lettuce, tomatoes. Romaine is the balls. That is the balls. Um, <laughs> with a lovely French dressing. That Sounds I lovely. Picked up the last time I was at the grocery store, and I was like, you know, I'm a little tired of balsamic. Let's mix it up here. And I'm like, feeling oh. fucking French. I'm feeling a little ooh la la. You're so bougie. Uh, Yeah, so it was delicious. And then um, we had some ground lamb with some, like, an Indian curry chickpea mix, like, mixed in. That's super bougie. With, like, coconut jasmine rice. Why wasn't I invited for this? I mean, next time, yeah, anytime. So we found these packets of... Um, like Indian inspired curries and things at Trader Joe's, but they also have them, I think, wherever Seth likes to go grocery shopping. Um, and they're really good, and you microwave them, it's like a minute. So, we just brown the meat. Um, it's been really good with ground beef or any of like the more rich meats, so goat meat or Mm. lamb, and then with a minute rice in the microwave. Love that. So it falls together very easily. What did you have tonight? I made like a Thai peanut, Thai inspired Mm. like peanut turkey wrap. So ground turkey. I made like a peanut sauce with peanut butter and uh, used a ton of the veggies that were in the fridge um, Mm. and some that were in the freezer that were freezer burned. Great. I needed to get rid of them. So we threw all that in and then put it on some little bib lettuce, made the little cuppies. Yum, 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 yum. It was delish. It sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. Well, it's very good. Hope that uh, if you're listening, that you're now either hungry or you're like, I also had a great meal. I wish I could share with you. Send and us if- emails with what you ate tonight. Yeah, we would love to know what you <laughs> ate tonight. <laughs> Or this morning, or whatever time you're listening or to at this. any point, just share yeah. your food ideas with us. Share your food. <laughs> Let's have a feast. <laughs> a virtual feast. Listen, it's Hungry Girl Spring. I'm here for it. That's like my Hungry Girl year. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Hungry girl for life. Yes. Yeah. For life. Mm-hmm. L-Y-F. Yes. <laughs> so this is a productive episode. It thanks is. for listening. All right. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> See you next time. No, just kidding. What are we talking about tonight? <laughs> so... <laughs> I guess this is like kind of like the logical next step to like this little series we've been doing. I don't know. So if you've been listening, um, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't been listening, we've kind of like created this almost like unintentional like little series of talking about getting into different types of like fitness things later on in life. Um, And I guess, I, I mean, I know for the two of us, this is probably like kind of like a natural progression, but not for everybody. But um, sometimes when you get into something new with regards to like fitness or something like that, and you have a history of a disordered relationship with that, those old disordered thoughts can creep back in. Um, Sometimes those old behaviors can creep back in. And so we thought that tonight would, tonight or today, whenever you're listening to this, um, it would be good to kind of share our experiences with that and kind of Mm. what we do when we notice those thoughts and behavior patterns popping up. Great. Let's dig in. Let's do it. Um, So, I mean, I think both of us, the Normandy says kind of gave a little bit of background on our, like our fitness history, but you know, both of us have a history of kind of relying on exercise specifically for weight loss. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, historically, our relationships with exercise haven't necessarily been the healthiest. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we didn't actually enjoy whatever movement we were doing. Maybe we were doing it compulsively. Um, and it's, I would, I, you know, people love to share their like their before and after stories, right? People love to be like, I used to struggle with this and then I changed my mindset and now I have a great relationship with exercise Mm -hmm. or eating or whatever it is. And the fact of the matter is, I think for most people, um, and I'm going to be so bold as to make a big generalization here, but I think for most people, those thoughts never entirely go away. Mm. And I think it's, it's because we're constantly surrounded by the messaging that reinforces those old thoughts. You know, so I think of it as so because of diet culture, we oftentimes think that we should just be flipping a switch. Like yeah. We can turn things on and off, like uh, like you turn your willpower on and off, you turn your discipline on and off. You just mm-hmm. this idea of you just shift your mindset, you just change it. It just happens. You just decide to do it, and it just changes Mm -hmm. um like this light switch right but i guess we can kind of think of this more as when you are changing and shifting your mindset it's not really a light switch like an on and off it's more of a dimmer right where you can turn it up turn it down and you're going to be finding yourself like in all of these gradient areas of gray where depending on the day depending on things that are happening all of these outside influences can be triggering you to have old habits come up. Someone might say something to you when you go out somewhere, somebody might comment on your body or comment on your plate, whether it's like meant as a compliment or meant otherwise, you know, um, that then has you feeling a sort of way or you might hear somebody compliment somebody else about their body. And that can then make you feel a sort of way. And then, but it's always, it's never really like, you're all the way over into, you know, like there's, you're always somewhere in the middle, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah, I totally agree. I like that analogy of like the dimmer switch. And I I don't know what this says about my brain, but like I picture, um, I don't know, have you ever heard a dimmer switch that's going bad? Like no. the switches. So like the wiring can like go bad and like the switch will like emit this like really obnoxious humming. And like the more you turn <laughs> oh, it up, no. the louder the humming. Like, that's what I'm picturing. My head is just this annoying like low pitch like it's like louder quieter. Sorry, I mean, <laughs> but I think that's actually a really good layer to this analogy because yeah. as you might be getting turned up, right? Though mm-hmm. Th- Those voices in your head that are buzzing around there can at times feel like they are overwhelmingly loud and, yeah. um, you know, so what do you do in these moments, Marissa, when and what might these thoughts be looking like? Yeah, that's a great, big, epic question. Epic! (laughs) Well, you know, (laughs) you mentioned like a trigger um, earlier, you know, somebody making a comment on your body and, you know, maybe they mean it as a compliment. I think like the first step is recognizing what your trigger points are. Mm. Um, And I can, you know, speaking from my own experience, someone commenting on my body is a big trigger for me. Um, and it's, you know, I'm lucky, um, I'm fortunate in that, like, I, I, at least I don't recall recently having anyone say anything like negative about my body and that being triggering. But what I've noticed about me, and I think this has to do with, um, high functioning anxiety and perfectionism. Um, if somebody comments about me looking good, losing weight, I had somebody, somebody I barely know compliment my ass the other day, which was an interesting experience. (laughs) Um, For me, when I hear that, especially if I am trying like a new fitness routine, right? Like I've been working with you and I'm really trying to commit to making daily movement a priority for me Mm -hmm. because I had fallen off on that for so long and I need it. It makes me feel good. Um, Having somebody make a comment like that in my brain, it's like, oh, the thing I'm doing is working. I better do it a lot more. Mm. I better do it the fucking best. I better do it all the fucking time. And that is where I very easily slippery slope into harder, faster, heavier, more often. Mm-hmm. If you miss this workout, it's going to all unravel. Um, and in those moments, I, I have to stop and recognize, okay, what just happened is going to be a trigger for me, but it doesn't have to be. Mm. And reminding myself of, I guess, like the reality, like the science. Um, and I think that's kind of like the weird duality of being in a position where I've struggled with disordered eating and a disordered relationship with exercise, but now I'm also educated in nutrition and physical fitness. And someday I'll take my personal trainer exam. Um, I'm going to do it (laughs) this spring. Um, logically I know, right. Skipping one workout isn't going to do anything. Mm -hmm. Logically. I know you do not have to increase your load every time you lift weights, but Sometimes that logic doesn't win out. Logic sometimes isn't enough when you're mm-hmm. kind of going head to head with that disordered voice in your brain. Um, and so I do have to kind of give myself grace, give myself frequent reminders of what I actually know to be the reality of the situation and know that, you know what, even if I did 
you know, somehow skipping a workout did set me back a million, whatever, um, I could get back to where I am. Um, so just kind of having those reminders can be really, really helpful. Um, and just some self-care, honestly, sometimes just like, all right, you know what, then if we skip the workout, we're going to take good care of ourselves Mm -hmm. and, you know, go easy on ourselves. So maybe it's take that 45 minute shower and scrub everything and do a face mask or, you know, whatever it is. But I find those things helpful in those moments. Yeah. So I think it's interesting. Um, when we think about the always having to increase weight, right. Mm. And how that is not the only way to measure progress. And actually, and I know we've had this conversation, but <laughs> cause I struggle with it. <laughs> right. Like, because we have this goal in our head about yep. like, and it's great to have goals, right. Mm-hmm. But if we're just continuously adding load and stimulus in one variable, mm-hmm. we're not allowing our body to necessarily fully adapt. And then like, be challenged by a different stimulus, which can then actually make us overall stronger to then lift the more load safely, right? And more efficiently. So working on, because if we were always just adding load, then people would be deadlifting five bazillion pounds. I will be. Sure. (laughs) Someday soon. Five bazillion. Five bazillion pounds. (laughs) World record. I think that the thing about taking a rest day too, or, you know, um, skipping a workout or taking a day or moving, I like to think about it as like shift instead of like skipping a workout or missing a workout, shifting the workout I like schedule, that. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like even today, reframe. yeah, like today was supposed to be my upper body day. Mm-hmm. And I actually ended up with a much more busy afternoon that I anticipated having today. And I was like, all right, so I could go and jam this upper body day in. Maybe it would, maybe it would be an awesome workout, but maybe not so much. Mm-hmm. I've also been having um, a little bit of like bicep tendon pain. It feels so much better, but I was like, you know what? The extra day yeah, is probably going to do me good. Mm-hmm. And, um, I have, I can just shift it. Yeah. So now I will do it tomorrow. Like yeah. well, the world did not end. I did not all of a sudden lose all my gains mm-hmm. because I shifted a workout to another day. And when you are consistent over mm-hmm. a period of time, shifting things around like that really make, I mean, maybe if you are an elite athlete or training for a very specific, like high level competition. Yeah. Then it might be something that's more imperative depending on where you are in your training schedule. But if, for most of us, it's really not a, a deal breaker in the grand spectrum of our health, especially if it's yeah. going to be beneficial for our mental health. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think the other thing is that just came up when you were talking about like the idea of like that perfectionist mindset. And this mm. is where it can be a slippery slope for many folks with fitness trackers, even things like Apple watches, Fitbits, right. Where you can get a lot of really great data from these things. Um, Mm -hmm. I find it really fun to look at, you know, how many steps did I get this week? Where is it over time? Mm -hmm. Um, where, where did I maybe have 
less? How did that impact how I felt? How did, where did I have more? Was I feeling more tired? Like things like that. I just, I like yeah. data. Yeah. Um, it actually, and I think I should preface this with, I stopped wearing a fitness tracker for a very long time and it wasn't until, um, like maybe June or July of 2020 when I had been, I was like so sedentary from being in the house all the time mm. that, or maybe it was Aprilish. I don't know, but it was at some point when I was like, all right, we're not, this isn't the shutdown. Isn't just two weeks. I'm going to be in yeah. the house a lot. That's not this amount of sitting doesn't make my hip flexors feel good. It doesn't make my hip feel good. It doesn't make my back feel good. Mm-hmm. And I did, I got a like $10 tracker off of Amazon yeah, just like a kind of monitor that I was getting up and moving every hour or so getting out mm. for a daily walk in between meetings, things like that. Yeah. That were very health promoting for me mentally and physically at the time. Yeah. Trackers, especially for somebody with a perfectionist mindset who is still struggling with, or in the middle of depending on where you are in that dimmer mm. of mindset with fitness if you don't hit that number that you have in your head that you need to get for many people, they think it's 10,000 steps a day. It's really an arbitrary number. It is. So if, even if you have a goal of 5,000 steps a day, 7,000 steps a day, if you get to the end of the day and you're about to get into bed and let's say it's 7,000 steps a day and you're at 6,000, if you find yourself compelled to be like, I'm going to go walk all over the house for a thousand steps before I get into bed, then that might be a moment to be like, "Mm, maybe I shouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe this is a little, like, why, why, what is why this extra is thousand so steps so important to yeah. me? Yeah. Maybe I just let it go. Right. Yeah. Um, I do think that, you know, if your goal is 7,000 steps and you're at 6,800, maybe close enough, you know, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not the end all be all. And I think yeah. like step challenges and stuff can be fun, but they can also be a slippery slope for Absolutely. lack of a better phrase for some folks who are just kind of recognizing your relationship to that kind of data. Mm, it's kind yeah. of like your relationship with the scale, right? When you get yeah. on the scale, if the number tells you something and then that number creates a feeling, you then have a feeling about that number and what it means about you as a human, yeah. then that's something that needs to be worked on, right? So if you're yeah. looking at your step tracker at the end of the day and you're like, damn it, I'm so lazy because I didn't get 10,000 steps today. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's some work around those, that date, that those numbers that needs to happen for you. Yeah. Cause they're not inherently bad. Like it's not. No. So <clears throat> that's my thought. Yeah. I totally agree. I have a funny fitness tracker story. Uh-huh. So I used to be like, I had like one of the like original Fitbits, you know, the ones you like clipped on. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was like obsessed with it. I would, I would pace around the house and, you know, to hit my 10,000 steps. And I remember this one time I was walking out to my car and there was mud and I slipped and I literally like scooby dude, like the feet just like going, 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 and managed to catch myself. And all, and all I thought was, son of a bitch, I don't have my Fitbit on. I could have gotten so many steps from that. <laughs> But anyway, I used to Uh, have this really fun fitness tracker. I wish I could remember the name of the company because it wasn't a Fitbit and you, it was actually attached to like an app where you like created, like, I want to say it was like a, like a, 
like a little neighborhood type thing and you like did like little it was like almost like a video game in the app oh that's cute it was really cute but i like, I like things that. like that like what was I'm it building farm a world? civilization yeah what was it farm <laughs> world where you could just like build your farm and like have Something cows like and like you'd pick all your carrots I like that. <laughs> you like picked all your shit like that. today. <laughs> How could I waste a significant amount of my time today? Yep. I like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to add to your point about shifting and, mm. you know, kind of that reframe. Um, one thing that's also been helpful to me, mm-hmm. uh, because I do also struggle with that guilt over missing a day or um, things like that, um, you know, on days where you know, say I've got like a really heavy lift programmed and I'm just, I didn't sleep good the night before, or I had three glasses of wine instead of two. And when you're 35, you can't do that anymore. Um, or like having really bad cramps. Um, just because you don't do what is programmed, it doesn't invalidate what you do. Mm, Um, so finding something else that does feel good, um, you know, walking on the treadmill that can help with cramps, um, walking outside, maybe that'll wake you up a little bit, um, doing a little upper body, you know, whatever it is, finding something that makes you feel better, whether it's physically or mentally, maybe it's just, Hey, I checked the box today and being okay with the fact that, yeah, okay. I checked the box, whatever. That's fine. Um, I find that can be a really helpful strategy when I'm struggling with that stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing going off of what you were also saying about, um, at wanting to constantly increase the weight. And I know you see this in my comments <laughs> in true coach where I'm like, still did 85 today. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't read the directions all the way. And I'm like, <laughs> did you not read the directions or did you just make a choice? <laughs> So that day, I literally was like, okay, squats, I know what I'm doing. And just loaded 185 up and then started, like, did a set and then was like, I'm just going to, like, go in. And I was like, oops. Fine. <laughs> cool. Um, but to that point, I think it can also be helpful whether that's exactly, you know, whether that's the disordered thought you're having or something else. Taking a second once you realize you're having that disordered thought or that disordered tendency and asking yourself where it comes from, because sometimes having mm-hmm. that understanding of what's going on can be enough to help you kind of break that chain. Um, not all the time, but, you know, I recognize that that mentality that I have, like, yes, I, I love lifting heavy and it's a really cool feeling for me. And so that's part of it. But the other part of it is this diet culture mentality that is so ingrained in my head of this kind of like all or nothing approach. You're either on the wagon or you're off the wagon. You either exercised hard enough or it doesn't count. Um, And so I think that that would be another strategy I would share is get curious. Hmm. Why are you having the thoughts that you're having? Where are they coming from? Um, How do you feel about them? Are they serving you? Um, and just like be gentle with yourself as you explore those questions. Don't come at it from a critical perspective. Just genuinely get curious. It's like pretend you're pretend you're talking to your best friend about it, right? You wouldn't say something shitty to your best friend. So pretend you're having a conversation with your best friend who's expressed this struggle to you and you're helping that person understand that struggle so that they can get to the bottom of it and maybe break that chain. Yeah, I love that. A big trigger for me is um, anytime I book a vacation, 
Okay. Tell me more. Uh, anytime I book a book vacation, I immediately start thinking about packing and depending on where I'm going, typically it's somewhere where I'm going to want a bathing suit. And mm-hmm. I immediately start thinking about what I need to do in order to look good on the beach, quote unquote. Right. Like yeah. it's just so many years of that, like, mm-hmm starving down for vacation, starving down for summer. And so always having to then like reshift myself back to, okay, so this is what you think you need to do. Why is that? Kind of like what Mm -hmm. you were just saying. Why is that? And what is that actually going to take? Yeah. And remember the last time you did this, remember the time before Yeah. the time before that, what did you actually gain out of that? And what happens at the end of the vacation? Yeah. Where where are you yeah. then? And were you actually indeed any happier? Right. And yeah. if then it's like, well, I did feel more confident when I was in a more small body. Then it takes a little bit more digging mm-hmm. into, well, what does that mean? Yeah. Were you actually more confident? Yes. Probably not. Because <laughs> probably not. and But you have to really dig back into your memories of mm-hmm. like, and if I did, even if I did, what was I then sacrificing yep. the time leading up to the vacation and then also probably on vacation? Yeah. Like, it, like my life's half it? over already. Like, yeah. is it worth it? Yeah. So... Yeah. It's again, trying to take a breath mm. and get like logical with yourself, yeah. but also like not shying away from the difficult self-conversation. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. To that point, I think something similar happens when, or I think like a similar like reality check can be when you think back to a time, you know, when you were younger or whatever, and, you know, you see pictures of yourself from back then and you think, you know, or you remember like, oh my God, I can't believe back then I thought I was this big or I thought I looked this way. And, you know, now 10 years later, looking back, I can't believe I thought that about myself. Um, It can be kind of like a similar thing. Like, yeah, looking back in a cursory way, you might think that you were more confident when you were in a smaller body, but if you really take that step back, chances are, especially for somebody who has struggled with a disordered relationship with food or exercise, you probably didn't feel more comfortable. You were probably just as self-conscious in that smaller body because you perceived it as needing to be even smaller. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So kind of remembering like your perception isn't always spot on. Most of the time, it's probably pretty bad because we're humans. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And I always have this envisioning, too, that, like, if every human mm-hmm. was just like, I'm going to feel confident in my badass self and rock this bathing suit, whatever that looks like for you on the beach. If everybody mm-hmm. was just like, fuck it, I'm going to be my confident badass self. Yeah. Then, like, would there be any reason to not be confident? <laughs> Right. Exactly. And would and I know that shit? that yeah. sounds like so idealist and whatever, but honestly, like what if yeah. everybody was just like, fuck you diet industry. 
fuck yeah. you fat phobia like mm-hmm. it's gonna be my badass self yeah yeah and if more folks were focused on being their badass selves they had less energy to spend judging other people mm-hmm. amen yeah 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 so i think you know really overall knowing what your triggers are being kind and compassionate with yourself and knowing that this is not a light switch it's a dimmer yeah and sometimes those thoughts come in your head like the broken dimmer switch and they sound very loud and obnoxious mm-hmm. which means that it needs some attention you need some attention a little rewiring yeah a little yeah. reparative little restorative chat with yourself and yeah. how you're talking to yourself right yeah. and knowing that it's normal because you've had this programming as part of your learned experience so you're having to unlearn while you also learn new yeah. habits right yeah so i quit smoking feels like a million years ago but i still desire to smoke with mm-hmm. fair amount of frequency it doesn't mean <laughs> Every time I have that desire, I go out and buy a pack of cigarettes. First of all, I'd be mm-hmm. broke, but um, I'm able to be like, okay, what is it? Why is that craving coming up? Yeah. Why now? What's going on? Yep. What can I do instead? Right? Yeah. So it never fully goes away, no. but it's how I respond and deal with it. And then if I do happen to, if I'm out somewhere or whatever, and somebody is smoking and I take a puff and then I remember why I don't want to do it anymore, I then don't beat myself up over the fact that I did that. It's like, okay, that happened. Why did that happen? What could maybe I do differently next time? You know, it's not. And I think that when we're dealing with our relationship with fitness and food and our bodies, it's, you know. It can be the same thing. We're going to have old thoughts, old processes come up, old habits die hard, right? Mm -hmm. So just having compassion for yourself and trying to get logical. Yeah, absolutely. And again, some of this even sounds easier said than done. It's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And anybody who tells you that it's easy is full of shit and probably trying to sell you, you know, an ML advocate or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So true. So, yeah. I feel like at this point, um, disclaimer, we are not eating disorder therapists mm-hmm. or dietitians. <laughs> we are if you are struggling with an eating disorder, please seek the professional help that you need and do not just listen to us. <laughs> yeah, please. Please make sure you are um seeking appropriate medical support yes i think that's it i think that's it too I think we were that so was... like concise proud of you <laughs> i'm proud of me too <laughs> it must I'm have been our delicious dinners tonight i think it's because we were well fed before I we came so. on tonight it I helped our so. brains like really be focused in on what our content was tonight i think it's true I think it's very true. We usually See? do this before dinner and mm-hmm. we're not, we're not on it. <laughs> Well-fed brains are happy brains. That's true. Mm-hmm. True. There's another yeah. reminder for folks. 
eat your carbs. Eat your carbs. They're good for you. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, friends. This has been an episode of the Strong and Simple podcast. If you'd like to learn more about any of the topics we've discussed or about any of our guests, please make sure that you visit us on Instagram at Strong and Simple Podcast. And if there's ever any topics, questions, concerns, anything that you would like to suggest to us, please feel free to email us at Strong and Simple Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. We, Michelle Farrell and Marissa Zabo of the Strong and Simple Podcast, reside on Pawtucket land. We acknowledge the land and the Pawtucket people, as well as the land and the people of the many Native nations of whom the land belongs. To respect and honor them and their land, as well as to be mindful of the harm colonialism has and continues to do on the Indigenous people of the United States and the world. This land acknowledgement is our commitment to support Indigenous peoples and their voices in the struggle against systemic oppression and for human rights, as well as to push against the cancelling and erasure of their history, their stories, their culture, and their present. We encourage you to visit native-land.ca to discover whose land you are residing on, as well as ways to support Indigenous folks. content of this podcast represents the views and opinions of Michelle Farrell, Marissa Zabo, and their guests, and is not intended to be individualized advice or recommendations. Nothing in this episode is to be construed as medical advice or to substitute for individualized fitness or nutrition advice. Always consult with the appropriate professional for your own needs.